Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Yeah, we're <laughs> back. It's been a, a whirlwind of a couple it weeks. It has. We're both older now. Yes, I am now 25. And I just turned 24. <laughs> it is a very important year for me. I hear this is going to be the big right. one. <laughs> um, yeah, we both got older. I had a party. You had a, por- no, a you had party. A party which you was at. A party. I was at your and party. And you traveled like halfway around the globe as usual <laughs> I to celebrate. And I slept I slept in the lobby of a hostel. Yeah, you I was so scared like, for you. I'm so glad you made uh, it out okay. <laughs> honey, I was so scared for my damn self. I did not know where I would be spending my birthday, but God <laughs> Is there like a black travel lesson in, in your experience that we can offer up the the listeners real quick? Um, I think I don't know if it's a black travel (laughs) lesson. I do think it's an American travel Uh lesson is like, do your research, Mm. right? Like I, you know, I booked through a company that shall remain (laughs) nameless. I say, but but I booked through a company and I feel like I, I just like wish I would have, I don't know, asked a few more questions before I went. Yeah. Well, you're so, here. You're that's safe. It. I One am piece. here, and I'm, and it all started yeah. really wonderfully. Well, it all ended really wonderfully. Oh, it all ended awesomely. Yeah. Like it ended in Madrid with me eating like literally my body weight in uh-huh. tapas with low with low crotch pants with, <laughs> with drop crotch harem <laughs> pants and some leather boots from Spain. So it's just like, yes, yes. I can't complain yes. after all this. Well, said praise again. the Lord. Yes. So mm-hmm. we're about to wrap up a decade. A freaking decade. Like, it's about to be 2020. When? That's why. Yeah. And so we thought that it would be really cool to do one of our standard LLCs, Love, Learn, Cancel. Yes. But. For the decade. For the entire decade. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I look back over the decade when we decided to do this, and I was like, damn, like, not only have I come a long way, like, I literally moved to New York a decade ago. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even live here a decade yeah. ago. Um, but, like, we, like, Black people <laughs> have... Uh, experienced a lot. We're still here, y'all. You thought you would have got rid of us in eighteen nineteen, but here you look up resilient in a dictionary, and it's a picture of Harriet Tubman. Like we couldn't flourish anymore. (laughs) So keep trying, haters. Um. So yeah. So. Do you want to go first, or should I go first? How do you want to do it? Because we're both going to do our love, learn, and cancel for the decade. Yeah. So I think we can alternate, and I'm going to start with my learned, because I want to end on my loved, because I just like when we do that. It's like a very sweet moment. Okay. You're going to... So you're going to start. Yes, I'll do my learned Mm. first. So... Uh, the first year of the decade that we're talking about was 2009. 
So to set the scene, in 2009, I was a year into grad school in Pittsburgh, and I had graduated undergrad 2008, had no idea like what I wanted to do. There was no job prospects that were making any money. So I decided I would go to grad school. Mm. So 2009 was also the worst year of the Great Recession. Yeah, it was. Unemployment was at 9.5% until 2011. And that's the highest it had been since 1983 before we were born. So we really came out of college with like no. (laughs) And so I feel like my learned is while we are always like, as millennials kind of in this battle of like, we can't afford this. And like, we can't buy houses because we're making, we're buying avocado toast and brunching. The The truth is, right. The truth is the fact that we ended college in the, one of the biggest recessions this country has ever Mm -hmm. seen. And we are still out here buying homes, 401k shining, investing, right? Like we shouldn't be here. I feel like it's taken other generations longer to get to a financial point after something as mm-hmm. huge as the Great mm-hmm. Recession. And we're mm-hmm. here. And we're and like, you know, we have peers that are just like doing all the financial things yep. and like we're making our way. And it's just like to think that coming out of school, we were kind of in the worst employment situation since before we were born. Right. And we've all figured yeah. it out. So I feel like it just like had me pat myself on the back a little bit because we got a really tough. We start. made it. We made it. And like by the grace mm-hmm. of God, because like it was very rough there. And some industries never bounced back from the from 2009 yeah. and beyond. That's true. And we've been able to make it in industries that have had a tough That's time. True. Journalism and fashion. Mm. Like. So I feel like <laughs> my learned was just like we're okay. Yeah. We've done okay. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. a good one. That's a good segue to, into my learn, which was um, you know, over the past decade, how much what I learned was how much business truly runs our world. Like mm-hmm. when I moved to New York in two thousand nine, I had no plans <laughs> to be a business journalist. Um I wanted to work at Vibe. And interview Usher and Blue Cantrell and Faith and, and, yes, Blue Cantrell. <laughs> and Faith Evans <laughs> um, and work for Emil Wilbekin, you know. Um, and that was like the dream. And then I uh, moved here and got an internship at Ink Magazine. And I was like, sure, it's a paying internship. I'll write about entrepreneurs and, you know, the latest Mac computer or whatever. And, like, I fell in love with it because I think I started learning just, like, how much, like, bi- like business and money matters in our world. And I think for, especially for Black folks, like, it's something that we need to, like, to uh, internalize more, right? Like, business news is for us. Like, tech news, like, all that stuff, like, matters. Like, I remember... You know, when I started writing as an intern about Facebook, right, 10 years ago, it was about, you know, how, you know, entrepreneurs, if, you, if you're starting a small business, this is how you should use Facebook to market your business. And, like, 10 years later, Facebook is literally, like, destroying, well, 
Facebook <laughs> Facebook is literally like disrupting entire uh uh economies and like and But you can still market your small you business. You still can. But look how <laughs> but look how much like business which has been accelerated by tech over the past 10 years how much havoc it's like lot, lots of businesses have wreaked and how how much business has like come to just shape I mean it's always shaped our world right from the food we eat to the like to the the people who make it to the 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 right. ingredients that go into it to you know everything it's always in, impacted our worlds in some way but um but I think over the past decade we've seen business, especially tech, just kind of like move center stage. You like Facebook and Amazon and Google, like those are mainstream names, mainstream companies. Like the only mainstream businesses that were I feel were like popular among people like more than ten years ago was like Coca Cola, you know, and like <laughs> um I don't know. Uh, name another popular business. You know, like off the top of your head, you can't. You know, um, but yeah, I think I think this was this was the past over the past ten years. It was the decade of like business just becoming front and center. And to me, it shows that um, it matters even more that we should partake in that. You know, from from yeah. like you, like you said, our four hundred one ks and the the stocks that we invest in to like the um, the policies that a lot of these businesses, you know, um, uh, put forth. Whether it's like a a, a contract with ICE <laughs> or McKinsey, you know, as we're learning about, you Ooh. know, <laughs> McKinsey, um, you know. they are not doing well. Yeah, and so yeah, so that was like. That was my learned, you know, my big one. And as I, as my career has progressed, I've like, you know, I, I still, I, and I do get to sometimes write about the entertainment industry, right? Like, um, uh, because that's a business too, right? That's that that's mm-hmm. the, the lot. Look at Marvel and Disney, like that's entertainment, but it's like Disney owns everything today. Um, and so I still get to write about that sometimes, but. Um, but I'm glad that I kind of settled where I am because I get to, by being a business journalist, I also get to participate in like the, the financial uplifting of uh, marginalized communities. And and blow the covers <laughs> off. And blow the covers Blow the off, covers off. The like off. y'all, <laughs> that's what I love about a McKinsey blow up. Mm-hmm. Like you've been doing this for so long secretly and now people are like calling you to task which I feel like is the important work that you do and like some of what we've seen in this last decade is that people are just like enough Enough is enough enough. like we're gonna tell on you for sure yeah that's my learn all right (laughs) so my canceled obviously is a little sad because it's a cancel, but uh, you know, the trend of unarmed black people being killed by police, mm. I feel like has been, it's always happened, but the blow up has happened in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, between 2011 and 2015, the trend was a thousand unarmed black men killed a year mm. by police. Mm-hmm. 1,000. Mm-hmm. 
And so in 20... That's crazy. That's an epidemic. 1,000. That's terrorism. There's there's attacks that we will call terror attacks that less people are killed. Mm. So, yeah, sit on that. But <laughs> so in 2013, I moved to New York, mm-hmm. which was like the start of my life. And then in 2014, I went on my first and last date with a white man in the summer of 2014, a week after Mike Brown was killed in Ferguson. I'm bringing it around. I'm bringing it back. And he was very white. He was like from North Carolina. He had like been in the military. Uh-huh. Fourth of July was his favorite holiday. Was he, did he grow up in Raleigh? I, I don't know. He wore he wore an American flag t shirt on the first date. He took me to get ice cream and ordered chocolate and vanilla swirl. It was awful. But I say all that to say <laughs> that it was literally a week after Mike Brown was killed in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And for me, there was just no part of me that could sit and like talk about the dumb stuff we were talking about when I saw like life as I know it change. Yeah. Right? Like I didn't grow up being fearful of police. Um, we had like black policemen in our neighborhood and so I didn't grow up thinking that that is a danger that I would have to pay attention to and to be honest like I have older brothers that got in trouble with the police but it's because they were doing wrong shit Mm. right and so like for me I just thought well if if you you, do wrong you face consequences if you do wrong then the yeah Yeah. the police are gonna get you you know like I have I have a brother that like we would get a call in the middle of the night because the police pulled him and his friends over Mm -hmm. and he was at the you know the station and my stepdad had to go get him and like To me, it was that. That's how police work. Yeah. And so I really believe, and I'm like almost a little embarrassed to say it, but you know, growth happens. Like 2014 was the first time that I was like, oh, yeah, it's murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you and you can be any age. You can be a child. You can be wearing a hoodie. You can be in your neighborhood. You could, you know, and they will they will kill you. And then to see that they will kill you and they will get off with it changed. I really feel like a, a, a shift happened in my mental mm. in 2014. Um, and so that is obviously like my huge cancel because we still see every day the terroristic police state that we live in and how there is like just a power struggle that is insane and like that the policing of black and brown bodies is getting worse in a lot of ways. Um and yeah, even as even as recent as Botham John and like Get, Amber, getting, getting killed getting, in his own apartment. Yeah, in his own apartment by a police woman. Like it's just it hasn't changed. The trend is not a thousand a year mm-hmm. anymore. So I guess that's good. Mm-hmm. But that's like saying like, okay, like thanks that, for that that's, us. Exactly. You. That's like a really, really low bar to yeah. set. It's like, oh, you only killed eight hundred of us this year. That's great. <laughs> congratulations congrats so that's my cancel i just like don't know what the solution is like i don't even want to dig into the amount of like uh wrongfully accused black people that we have in our prison systems right now you know it's just like it stems back so far like serving 
multi-decade sentences for uh, weed possession for when we when marijuana yes or for marijuana possession when marijuana is like increasingly legalized which has also been a trend over the past decade well and I've been reading about some people who like it's just crazy like they'll have you be in prison for 30 years and say oops are bad and then send you home mm. and it's like what about all the money I could have made those 30 years right. you're gonna and and that is why like the wealth gap will always continue. I don't want to because that. because if this because this country will never recognize its shame, which started with slavery, but is modern day slavery now. And like same same reason, the years that we were enslaved, we should get paid back because we weren't allowed to make money then. The years that you had me in prison for thirty years for something I didn't do give me an average of making 50k a year i need that money back yeah because though that those were 30 years that i was not able yeah. to provide for my family but i i i have to say i do feel and i'll use this as a segue into my into my next one i do feel a little more hopeful and i i don't know if hopeful is the right word but but I, I don't want to. I don't want to claim that it's always going to persist as it is, at least because I do see kind of a coalescing around um, upward movement, upward mobility. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think that. But we're still playing catch up. Of course, of course, and yeah. and I and I and I, I do believe that it is clear that white white people, especially rich white people, just have leg up in ways that black people will never understand for years to come, right? When it mm-hmm. comes to just like some of the things that are just part of the vernacular, you know, um, I, I spoke at a panel recently where um, <laughs> the guy, uh, one of the guys on, it was a panel for black men in tech and, and, and entrepreneurship. And um, one of the guys who was an investor on my panel was kind of educating the, the audience about how, how white entrepreneurs rarely have to worry about risk, you know, and like they don't have to worry they they rarely have to worry about when they have a group of friends who are like investing and like you know uh betting on things right they just kind of walk into the room and be like, "Oh, you invested in that I'm investing in that too, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's just like all these conversations and backroom channels that happen when when we're so still risk averse, you know. Like they just trusted each each other. Like, oh, my buddy invested in that, so that I, I already know that's a good deal. Meanwhile, right, and they so... have they have a safety net that we don't exactly, have. exactly. Yeah. And so I think, but I do think that you know that that panel, for example, and I want to be like too trite and be like, oh, well, that's a good example. That's that shows that we're we're doing what we need to do to to move forward. But I do think that you know um, there is a there is an effort underway to like for people to kind of coalesce around these ideas about improving their finances and um and learning things that have been kept from us you know um yeah and so that that kind of goes to my love too um so i'm gonna i'm gonna take what you i definitely want to cancel that with you (laughs) i Mm -hmm. I don't cancel that um, and I thought about that too, but then I thought about um, the the beauty, the you know we we're both believers, and and 
I so it's a struggle sometimes, but I but I have been trying lately to see the beauty in like horrible things, right? And so mm. to me, one of the beautiful things about what happened um, when it came to police shootings over the past decade is to see like the community online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my love is um, the the ongoing like embracing of. Ex- of identity you know and like accepting of identity and like the way that um the internet specifically and like social media platforms has kind of like given people an a a way to find their tribe and and Mm -hmm. to like um to join movements that they that they otherwise would not have you know felt they could participate in you know and and i actually i mean it, it that a lot falls on there, right? But I've spe- specifically had, um, you know, um, Black Lives Matter under that, you know? Like, that, I feel like because of Twitter and other social media platforms, um, Black folks were able to form a digital movement, you know, a digital um, civil rights movement um, uh, when it came to uh, police shootings and and other um different types of injustices and i remember being like after mike brown got shot I, and after walter scott got shot and the video you know was shown i remember being sort of like um uh pacified and kind of comfort comforted a little bit by um by the 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 kind of community building that came as a result of that and people like finding each other and like retweeting each other's comments and using hashtag black lives matter during the protests, you know, at Ferguson. Um, and, um, I think over the past decade, we've also seen when it comes, when it comes to, you know, people feeling more comfortable about embracing and, um, and wearing their identity, um, also with sexuality, you know, um, <laughs> I know, um, for me, like, I don't know how much the internet has to do with this, but I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, I mean, the internet isn't everything now, right? But I'm sure we can find some kind of way. But I know that people are also more comfortable, like, expressing, like, fully embracing and standing up in their their sexual identities, whether that's like, you know, a young person who's like a, a, a you know, damn near teenager or like college student, you know, who feels comfortable enough to just be like, hey, I'm gay or I'm gender fluid or I'm, yeah. you know, I am, I don't know what I am, you know, like <laughs> you see, you know, part of what I'm doing at the Wall Street Journal is, um, is looking at like, you know, trends among like 20 20 and 30 year olds and you know what do what do we all like um what do we all kind of believe in and what are we all kind of gravitating towards and and like non-conformity is like a um uh and standing up in your figuring things out is like uh an ongoing um trend that i'm seeing um and people who who don't know people who do know 
you know, people who, you know, are coming out in freaking high school. Like that is, that is, it is crazy to me that folks are coming out in high school. Or even trans, <laughs> like when I see trans, like middle schoolers, it's like, yeah. you have really figured yeah. out something that a lot of us are still working on. For sure. On. Like I didn't, yeah. I, and I'm so like encouraged by it. And like, especially for black trans people, you know, cause we right. know what the, what the murder rates are, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, and so I I I think about like when I came out like I I wish I would have been at a place right where I could come out as in, in high school or shit even college like I didn't come out until literally after I moved to New York you know from Mississippi and saw you know pe- men holding hands in the street and I'm like oh well I can you know that's that's okay to do you know mm-hmm. I never forget like moving here and like maybe like my first or second birthday. Some guy took me out to dinner and and tried to hold my hand in Chelsea. In Chelsea, going to Dallas BBQ, <laughs> um, and I was I snatched my hand back and I was like, "What are you doing?" I was so freaked out, you know. Like to, yeah. to look at me then and compare that to now, ten years later, it's like, "Oh my god!" Um, and so that is that is something that is so encouraging to me to see, you know, how far we've come. You know, and I know people still have a long way to go. I'm, you know, my boyfriend is meeting some of my family for the first time for over the Christmas, over Christmas break this month, um, and some of them have a long way to go. Um, and right. So I'm not gonna pretend like it's all like you know roses, but there is a, a an ongoing wave of acceptance and embracing that is happening. Whether you know whatever identity that you want to stand up in, um, and and find other people like you and like I, I feel that that people find a community in different places um, because people are willing to be more open and like just on and I mean it, it seems weird to like claim like to also loop in blackness under that but I do feel it strongly because I don't know that I don't know that like 15 years ago that people would feel so comfortable like standing up so firmly in their blackness um, in the workplace 20 years, yeah. 20, 15 years ago, you know? And, and so right. I just, I just feel that, that, that theme of identity and like being like, this is who I am. I'm standing up in it. And if you want to hire me, then you have to take this, you know? I thought like that is definitely like, Yeah. I used yeah. to straighten my hair to interview. Really? Yeah. Like every interview? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I didn't go natural until 2010, but I remember my first couple interviews finishing uh grad school Mm -hmm. i like either straightened it or like tried to pull it down or twist it down like now i'm just like (laughs) how big can we get it today think about like the things you used to do like i said like me snatching my hand away from that guy Mm -hmm. taking me out for my birthday you like 10 years ago pressing your hair for a job interview and now we're like yes and yeah, I wish you would <laughs> take this twist question out. me about this. You're lucky I did it. You're lucky you did it. Right. So that's my love. Yeah. And I think that's I great. think that's almost like a salve to um some of what you were saying. Obviously it's not like the solution because we're still we're still trying to figure that out, right? You know, when it comes to police yeah. brutality. But again, like I think the the one of the good things to come out of that is black folks just feeling like they can find each other you know right online easier um, yeah and being like yes i'm standing up in this right 
Awesome. Is it my left? Um, it's whatever you want. I could, I mean, my cancel this last, so I don't know what you want to end on. Do you want me to um, do my canceled? Yeah, I, well, I don't know. I just wanted to end on a positive if we can. Well, my cancel is not positive. <laughs> okay, so go ahead, do your cancel. <laughs> um, okay, I'll try not to get emotional about this. But I'm already feeling it, so just bear with me. Um, so my cancel is all the things that we still do not have cures for ten years later. Mm. Um, and I don't know why I do this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, Ooh! but come on. So, um, so the past decade was rough for me and my family. Yeah. So in 2013, um, I lost my grandfather to prostate cancer. And 20, and two months later, three months later, I lost my brother to HIV. And then, I, and then a few months later in 2014, I lost my father um, to heart disease. And like all these things to me, um, when I think, I never really thought about it until we, decided to kind of do this conceit right for the podcast but when I think about like all those different things that was just like so unrelated in in terms of um uh I guess you could say pathology or or whatever um um, but also so prevalent in black exactly all three of those things exactly and there's and there's like what kind of progress have we made you know I I do think that um you know when it comes to HIV, like gave me, like PrEP has, you know, uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis has become more popular. Um, yeah, access to HIV medication is. I want to. I have didn't look this up, but I I'm pretty sure it's a little better. Um, but black men, especially in the South, are still dying um, from HIV. You know, uh, 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 HIV and AIDS from. Um, at astonishing rates, you know, and it's (laughs) the fact that this is still, you know, again, we're looking at the decade in review and it's, you know, (laughs) why, why is this still a thing? Why is this, why are we still dealing with this? Um, Because disease is money. mm. Well, that's the word. Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, prostate cancer, heart disease, you know, again, like all these things that, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, I, and this is kind of a, a brief tangent, but I think another interesting thing, interesting thing that's happened over the past um, 10 years is kind of some of the research about how our oppression has gotten passed down in our genes and in our bones, right? <laughs> so Our trauma? Yeah, it's like literally yeah. in our bones, right? Yeah. Um, and so it, it doesn't surprise me, really, when I think about that, you know, these three black men in my family from, you know, different generations, you know, you know, from Mississippi and Alabama, where we were like, you know, I'm almost, I'm pretty certain we were all descendants of slaves, right? It doesn't surprise me at all that this stuff is like, this trauma and this weariness <laughs> is just like in, in our, you know, bones, this, accept- mm-hmm. this susceptibleness to, um, this susceptibleness to disease, um, and, and wearing down of the flesh, like it's not at all surprising to me. Um, but yeah, I'm just, 
I don't know. There's almost like a futility, you know, and like a complacency that I feel with some diseases. Again, this is looking over the past 10 years um, that has settled in us. You know, it's like, oh, well, cancer, you know, all right. You know, that's, yeah. that's it is what it is. You know, and I just, I just wonder like how, like how how should we be thinking about that? You know, in twenty twenty, you know, like I like I've lost people to cancer. Obviously, my I didn't mention my mom. You know, um, this was a little outside of so two thousand five. My mom had colon cancer, but I mm-hmm. but I know you're you even had experiences with cancer. You know, and you're, yeah, you're, my mom was diagnosed in twenty thirteen. Yeah, so it's like we all if if not oh. us, we all know someone or close to someone who has like you know just been touched by these um these things that we still don't have cures for and so that's my cancel and i we don't have enough time to kind of go down (laughs) you know what's what's being done or what's not being done um but we also know you know uh that um uh the i think i think it's safe to say that the trump administration is also not um, super, super vigilant about uh, people, everyone, everyone having some form of healthcare, you know, which right. also affects the mortality rates of these diseases and managing these diseases. And, you know, um, if you can afford, you know, Medicaid, and Medicare and food stamps and all these, you know, all these things that go along with your well, with your daily well-being. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that it sucks that we still we're still dealing with some of these things. Uh, yeah, ten years in, ten years later. No, that's important. Those are three diseases that are so prevalent amongst our community that I think think it's a big uh, it's a need to keep talking about them. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. My loved. <laughs> yes, take us out on a high note. Okay, so I have three short loves that are related. I swear, but they're not going to sound like okay. it when I. Am first I one say. of them? I do love you a lot, <laughs> but you weren't. You weren't on this list. Fine. So my loves from the last decade are Farmville. What? Kale. And black women. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what Farmville was? No. What? Farmville. Farmville? No. You 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 what? repeating it is not gonna make me know it. Farmville. Farmville. <laughs> Still don't know it. Farmville. <laughs> Still never heard of it. Okay, so Farmville was an application game through Facebook. Oh, yeah, I do know now. Zynga. Zynga made that. Yes. Oh, Farmville took me, I feel like I never did, like, what are those things called, like, Second Universe or, like, Sims or Roller Coaster Tycoon or, like, any of that. Something about Farmville, like, 
<laughs> was the first major or like Pokemon Go, right? Like there was mm-hmm. all there was a lot of iterations of games like this that were like just caught the world by storm. For me, Farmville was it. Like something about it gave me I think mine was Candy Crush. Mm, see, and I didn't really play that that much, mm-hmm. but Farmville would make me set my alarm to get up early to farm my strawberries oh my God. before I go to work. <laughs> that's kind of, it was like kind of scary because you had to though. Yeah. If you wanted, if you didn't want your strawberries to die, they died quickly. But then what happens if they die? It's, it's all just then you lose crop. But it's all digital. It's fake. Really, video games? <laughs> I know you're not talking. <laughs> I know we when have I to cut people's heads off in Mortal Kombat, okay, it's I know that it's fake. Okay. I know we don't have to reach into the bag of time that you play spending imaginary games. Whatever. You better continue. You better get up out my continue love. with your love. So I loved it so much that I think it was 2011. My my family threw me a Farmville themed birthday party, mm. where we all we all came dressed as we all came dressed as farmers, and we dressed the babies as vegetables from the crop, and we had food that connected how, back to the crop. Have you never told me about this nonsense? Because because of how you're laughing, I want to share this memory with you. It was a lovely memory. What year? And what year saw, was this? Um, I think 2011. Okay. Yeah, so, way before anyway, we knew each other. I loved something about Farmville. Brought me into like pretend play in a way that I hadn't been interested since I was a child. Mm-hmm. And like, I I don't feel like I'm a very literal person I was even a very literal child like I didn't play make-believe a lot and I feel like Farmville gave me an opportunity to like be really involved in a make-believe world that I didn't feel elsewhere um so yeah I really liked it and then Kale really made a comeback so basically you got three you got three loves in your love I said that go ahead I want to. Yes. I want them. I want to hear how they tie. This is so. Kale <laughs> is another thing that made a big like. I mean, Kale's always been around, literally, but it's been such a big. It's had like a very hot decade. Mm-hmm, it has. And and I. That is like I don't know what I would eat if Kale didn't exist. I literally eat it every single Kale's day. Kale's pretty great. Kale's so great, and in so many forms, I've been, like, roasting it and putting it in my veggie bowls. I'm just thankful for that. It's, like, made a comeback, so readily available. Do you make your own and veggie then, bowls? Yeah. Hmm. They're really good. The ones I have right now are sweet potatoes, kale, chickpeas, black beans, and a little bit of farro, and then I make my own apple cider vinegar dressing. Can you make me one? Yeah. Can I come get it for, I, I for meal prep tomorrow? ones. <laughs> Not tomorrow. Oh, okay. I meal prep on Sundays. Good to know. Yes. Um. And then, just really, I feel like black women have always been on our shit and doing great. But I feel like this past decade, we really showed that like no amount of Rachel Dolezal's <laughs> or Kylie Jenner's <laughs> are gonna like dampen what we know we got. Like y'all really out here trying to beat us so hard while hating us. 
And it's just like making us stronger. So the tie between these three things to me is that I feel like a greater sense of self-care when I connect to things that make me feel good, right? Like Farmville for me, I didn't care who else was into it. It was something that I like felt very, it, it was like a good pleasure a pleasure center for me. Whereas I didn't have a lot at the time that was like making me happy. Mm -hmm. I was like not happy in 2011. Um, And then kale, like, I feel like I am the healthiest that I have been in a very long time as far as my diet. And like, I've always had like kind of gastro issues, stomach issues. And I really attribute that a lot to my diet. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just like seeing black women around me shine and us really pushing forward, like how important a tribe of black women are has been great um, for my emotional state. And so I just think like when I think about the last decade and all the growth that has come from that, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that like these little things were a part of that. Mm-hmm. These little things all played into like 2019 Shana, who is like the best version yet. So Thank you, Farmville. Thank you, Kale. <laughs> thank you, Black women. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, thank you Black women haters. Thank you, JJ. You didn't even put me in yours. So how are you just going to throw yourself in mine? You know, you're always perpetually in my love. I didn't hear my name, so. Say it. <laughs> Say my name. Say my name. Not a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, this so that's the wrap up of the decade. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I like that we did this. Um, I do too. It made me really have to go back and think. Like we got Obama this decade. We lost MJ. We lost Whitney. Then we got Obama like, this decade. It was yeah, two thousand nine. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he took office in two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I always I guess because that the night he won, it was so pivotal. I always think two thousand eight. Because that's oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so a lot has happened. Mm-hmm. Many more, many more black folk. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Upward and onward. Yes, yes, yes. Young, gifted, and black. That's. All righty. So we'll be back in January. Yeah, we got to take a break, <laughs> y'all. It's like. I wish you could see the conditions with which we are recording this. <laughs> like, it's just between Maybe. new jobs, <laughs> new apartments, right. like, just trying to figure it out. It's been hard. Maybe one day we'll offer it as, like, a bon- like bonus content or something. Like, the video? Yeah. Like, look at, see, <laughs> this picture on December 11th, <laughs> 2019. It ha- it's rough. Um, it's, it's when Shana was recording in a closet. In my closet, in my new apartment. Um, um, so, yeah. So, we're going to take a little break. I hope everybody takes care of themselves mm-hmm. these next couple of weeks. I feel like holidays can be really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. So, take care of yourself. Um, don't do anything you don't want to do. That's how I plan to And do all the things that you want to do. That you want to do, mm-hmm. yes. But um, we'll still, you know, we'll be around. Check our Instagrams. Mm-hmm. What are what Visit are our what Patreon are our Instagrams? If... <laughs> oh, you can give your personal. Oh, you don't do. Uh, oh, you don't our... do your personal no more. 
I we haven't given our Instagram handles recently. I'm at JB Fly, J A Y B F L Y. And Shayna's at <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like Beyonce. Did you hear Beyonce when she was like they they asked her for her Snapchat? No. Oh, she's like in, a, oh, in an interview. Well, she said, honestly, yeah, I don't she's really like Yes, yeah, no, she was like, you know, I hope I don't sound ridiculous, sorry. but I don't know I don't know what Snapchat is. Sorry to that sorry to that Snapchat. Sorry to that Snapchat. <laughs> which is so <laughs> corny, but because Beyonce said it, we loved it. Did we love it? A lot of the internet did yeah. for sure. She's so yeah. interesting to me because she always she always has like these one these particular outlets that she'll do interviews with and then yeah. even when she does them, they're so like canned and it's like Oh, they are. Oh my she god! Didn't tell she didn't tell them anything. It's a press release. It's like they literally, yeah, they literally asked. One of the questions was like, "Do you ever wish that you could just like walk around without security in sweatpants?" And she's like, "I do." That's it. And it's like no follow up. Huh? No, like you do what? Like, you, you do, do what? what? Wish or you walk around in sweatpants? Or you do walk around? Security. Like you're not. You're literally giving us nothing, yeah. girl. And again, this is this is why you need like a real journalist to. Yeah. Funny story. I don't know if we ever talked about this, but um, I was supposed to interview Beyonce for a Fast Company story, and she... You did tell me, and then you you wrote that Lemonade story Yeah, instead. I had to write about how Lemonade <laughs> was... Which I thought was a good story. Thank you, love. About how Lemonade was inspiring business, uh, the business community yeah, and executives. But still, she should have taken my freaking interview. She canceled. She's bad, she's bad at interviews. She knows her strength. I like to think in my head that she read my stuff, but she was like, oh, I can't interview with that. Yeah, like, he's not going to play it easy, and I don't interview well. Like, I like to think that Beyonce, I mean, Lion King showed us differently, but I like to think that Beyonce is self-aware enough to be like, no. Yeah. I'm not going to put myself in that situation. I don't speak very well. Mm. So. Your business. Alrighty, <laughs> we love you guys. If you're feeling in the holiday spirit, we still have a Patreon. Yep. At, at your business. <laughs> Even talk. though we going on break, so I promise you can fund. You can fund our comeback. Yes, We're can. coming back. We're coming back, and I promise that we will have new content for you in 2020. New guests. We already we already have some guests, mm. and it is gonna be fire. Mm-hmm. 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 It's gonna be good. Interesting that so, you're saying that because. Yeah. Mm. 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 Teaser. Teaser. <laughs> Teaser. All right, loves. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your 2019. Come back in 2020 Bye. with health and self care. Happy holidays. What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick and loans, internal data. Points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS consumer access.org number 3030.